My name is Josh Peck, host of Peck Report on Daily Renegade. I used to suffer with chronic pain from a degenerative bone disease. I was hopelessly addicted to opioids without any end in sight. But then I discovered Kratom and CBD. I am no longer on prescription drugs and I have more energy and pain relief than ever before. Kratom and CBD have given me my life back without draining my bank account. If you too would like some minor to major pain relief, Kratom and CBD might be for you. Either click on the links in the description below this video or go to dailyrenegade.com on the top left banner or right side ad and check out Tropic Health Kratom and CBD. Use promo code HEALTH20 for 20% off your order and get your life back today. Hey everybody, welcome to Peck Report. So last time I shared with you that we're going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be showing you some pre-interviews that I conducted with some guests that uh, are, are, are helping me out with a future project. It's going, to be re it's going to be released a little later this year. Now these interviews aren't the typical like back and forth conversational type of interviews. They are pre-interviews for a future project, but there's a lot of great information. Uh, so it, it's literally me just asking the question and them getting right to the uh, information. So I want to show that uh, to you. Today we're going to be checking in with William Ramsey. So here is part one of my uh, pre-interview with William Ramsey. Check this out. William Ramsey, can you uh, introduce yourself and tell us about your background in researching criminal activity? Well, I started out as an author. I was interested in finding out more about the occult, which also coincides with criminal activity. So uh, in that regard, I was definitely a researcher into the West Memphis Three, which I believe to be a satanic-influenced crime, and that type of criminal activity, which involved the murder of three 12-year-old children, and uh, the real serious abuse of those children as well that took place in Arkansas, uh, outside of Memphis, uh, west of Memphis, actually. And so that would be really my interest. So I, I think that when you talk about the occult, uh, it, it overlaps with criminal activity. So I became kind of, uh, and in some ways, a true crime writer, I think, with that book and also my research into a series of murders that were the occult and criminal activity coincide, which is known uh, publicly as the smiley face killers. So uh, that kind of, that crime uh, has been taking place in the U.S. for the last 20 years, and it does coincide with like an occult underground. Mm -hmm. So I just finished my second movie about that. And that was uh, titled Smiley Face Killers, Volume 2, The Global Slaughter Continues because it involves the disappearance and water deaths of men all over the world, really. Where can people find that if they want to check it out? It's available on Vimeo right now. So all my films are on Vimeo. You can just look up William Ramsey Vimeo and you can see what's available right now. Good deal. Uh, does, your, uh, does child sex trafficking and pedophilia come up in your research? Yes, so I think that that's, that's uh, pretty grim material, but I definitely, particularly with Crowley and my more recent research into the Jeffrey Epstein scandal, which I did a number of interviews with knowledgeable people about that scandal and something that I've followed where uh, there was international sex trafficking taking place, 
with a little kind of a patina or an element of uh, cultism. So uh, there was definitely something very strange about that. I read the biography of a woman by the name of Virginia Roberts. She got married. Her name is Virginia Jufre, but I was surprised to find the statuary of Pan all over the place affiliated with Jeffrey Epstein. So she said that in his house in Manhattan, he had a special uh, walkway that was covered with this god Pan, and that that was also seen at his um, infamous island, uh, Little St. James, that is in the Caribbean. So... I would think think that yes. So I think I think this theme of, unfortunately, sex trafficking does involve pedophilia as well. Mm. What do you know about the child sex trafficking industry in America today? Well, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on that. I wouldn't say that would be one of my primary subject. I would say that I think it's happening much more than people uh, realize. There was somebody in Northern California who was a doctor who just got arrested. There's been a lot of significant arrests under the Trump administration, Trump administration, thank God. So I think that people are addressing it, but it really is an underground. And I think a lot of it takes place through dark web. And uh, there used to be a lot of it on back pages, my understanding, but that got shut down as well. So you got to give credit to the Department of Justice for doing that. But I wouldn't say it would be a focus of my, my interest. I would definitely say... Uh, looking into the occult and true crime would probably be much more kind of my, uh, you know, central focus. Definitely. Uh, who was Jeffrey Epstein? Well, that's a great question because he had a very shady life. He was kind of an underground person. He grew up in New York. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, people found out the kind of peeled the layers of his personality. He was self-proclaimed a financier, but he never had the proper documentation or set up to be uh, anything of a financial advisor or investor. There's no, there's very few documents of his filings, these filings that are necessary to do investments. But he died, he died when he died last, yeah, last year, uh, he had a net worth of over $500 million. So there's a lot of mystery of where that money came from. Mm. So asking a question about, I would say that the title International Man of Mystery definitely applies to Jeffrey Epstein. Moving around from jurisdiction to jurisdiction in a plane. But I think that the I, Jeffrey Epstein wasn't just a one-man show. He was working with Ghislaine Maxwell, who was the daughter of Robert Maxwell, a known Mossad intel asset, and also had associations with very well-known either legal or business people in this country, such as... Uh, Alan Dershowitz, who is a longtime friend, who shows up in all these cases and actually is being sued by Virginia Giuffre right now. So it was weird to see him defending President Trump in, in Congress uh, while he's being civilly sued by Virginia Giuffre for lying about whether he was a partaker or purveyor of the underground, of the underage sex trafficking that Jeffrey Epstein was operating. And Jeffrey Epstein. Some insight into Jeffrey Epstein is, is made by aircraft logs and an infamous black book. And that infamous black book, if you read through it, it's an indicator of how well networked Jeffrey Epstein was. It doesn't necessarily show that he's calling those people all the time, but he had personal phone numbers for Donald Trump, uh, the Prince Andrew, all of these well-known figures, uh, 
celebrities who were on his plane with records. So, so many people were involved. And uh, so Jeffrey Epstein was, in my opinion, was clearly providing very under, under was invited was involved in this kind of international sex trafficking operation of underage men and women from all over and i think i don't think it was fully disclosed of the totality of his operation was not disclosed by investigators because of his death it was very advantageous to all the people in those black book bill gates and all these other figures uh that this investigation stopped because he was supposedly trafficking underage kids from there. There were allegations from Venezuela, some of whom were never seen again. So they were either sold off. They just don't know. Um, so it's he's a very mysterious figure. And I, I believe that he was able to skirt the law by constantly moving from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Mm. So he was very smart in that regard. And uh, I think he was handled. I mean, yeah. Wexner was the guy who started Victoria's Secret, and under the depositions that were taken during uh, his criminal, I think it was either a criminal suit or civil suit from 2007, he was still flying around in a plane, uh, a Gulfstream that was owned by Wexner, who was a multi-billionaire. So there's also the whiff of intelligence or intel uh, involved in Jeffrey Epstein, a blackmailing, uh, taking videotapes. They all said that he had videotapes of people for years. So he was taking videotapes in his mansion that was in New York on his plane known as the Lolita Express. And he was seemed like to be involved in blackmailing or obtaining information on political, cultural, and scientific figures all throughout the United States and potentially the world, France and other people. So he's mixing in all of these different environments. There's a, uh, an infamous picture of him, Harvey Weinstein, and Ghislaine Maxwell at the, I think it was the 18th birthday of Prince Andrew's daughter. So these, these guys are, are mixing in very elite, uh, you know, circles. And uh, the biography of Virginia Dufresne shows some insight that these guys are constantly following uh, around. There's tons of kids that they're involving in sex trafficking from kids in Palm Beach High School that they're being paid off. And you don't really see the totality of it, but it seemed like what Jeffrey Epstein was doing, particularly with uh, this one victim, Virginia Jufre, is setting them up to go send out. So Virginia Jufre, it's a fascinating element of her story, is that she was sent out to sleep with Senator Mitchell, who was a senator, and also uh, Richardson, who was the governor of New Mexico, and these were people involved in very high-level uh, political negotiations involving the UN, and uh, in Richardson's case, and Mitchell was involved in negotiating the Palestinian-Israeli, you know, peace process. So these guys are heavily involved in very delicate international, uh, intri you know, uh, negotiations that involve intrigue where more than likely they were filmed in this sex trafficking thing. So uh, it's a, and there are so many more cases involved in Jeffrey Epstein. There was a hearing that one of the main issues surrounding the Jeffrey Epstein case was called the Victims Crime, the v, uh, the MCA, victim, I can't remember the actual act, the meaning of the acronym, but the idea behind it was to give victims of these crimes more rights in court. And in the interest of that, the judge that was overseeing the Epstein criminal case uh, 
allowed many of his victims to come and come and give statements. And there were many victims that had the courage to go on the record and talk about the trauma and stress that they endured by being one of uh, the trafficking victims. It's remarkable that it's taking place these days in the United States. So uh, Jeffrey Epstein was like a multi-faceted individual with very different interests, but it's pretty clear to me that he was running uh, a sex trafficking operation at the highest level, probably getting paid uh, monies that are never traceable, you know? So uh, he was really kind of an international criminal. So asking that question, who is Jeffrey Epstein, is really, uh, it's a tough one to give a a very, um, you know, one-line answer. It's just a very complex, and there's still, people are still finding things out about him. They're still writing things about him. There are ties between people he knew and the Nexium cult in upstate New York. So there's all kinds of ties that he had uh, that the public doesn't know or may never find out, which is unfortunate. Wow. So of the things that that is known, like officially, stuff that's on the books, uh, and then we'll get into the unofficial stuff later, but officially, uh, what crimes did Jeffrey Epstein commit that we know about? Well, sex trafficking is a crime. Yeah. I think that he got he was arrested and convicted of having sex with somebody under 16 in the state of Florida. Mm. So he, and that was, I think, in 2008, when Dershowitz and all these other people were his attorneys. So he was a convicted sex offender. Um, as far as the other allegations of crimes, it doesn't seem like he ever really stopped. So it's pretty clear that he was trafficking children or underage girls, at least, that we know of between different jurisdictions. So he was crossing state lines, taking children there. So that's definitely a crime. What else he was involved in trafficking or bringing through his plane? God only knows. You know, I don't really know. But there is so much suspicious stuff around him that certainly he seemed like he was. He was arrested for uh, trafficking minors under the age of 14. That was his most recent arrest in 2019, something he was never convicted of because he supposedly killed himself in jail. Like I said, when he died in jail, there were probably 100 to 1,000 very rich people who exhaled a sigh of relief because he probably had blackmail material on all of them going back. So Jeffrey Epstein was really a 30-year operation uh, going back to the mid-90s all the way up to 2019 of making money, blackmailing people, really sub subterfuge stuff. But it's unknown the totality of his criminal activity. Mm. And that's, that's really a shame. Yeah, definitely. Um, unofficially, stuff that may be off the books. Um, do you believe uh, there are other crimes that Jeffrey Epstein uh, has committed that, that we haven't discussed yet? Yeah, I would say blackmail would be one of them. That would probably be a crime under any circumstances or extortion or something like that. Like I have stuff on you. Mm -hmm. uh, Rico suit, which would be a racketeer influence corrupt organization because he was clearly working with other people who knew what was going on. In my opinion, primarily uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of other criminal activities. We don't know the drugs, whether he was trafficking in drugs, organ trafficking. You know, there's a lot of talk about organ trafficking these days. So the totality uh, influence peddling, he might have been, I mean, according to some researchers, he was involved in setting up the Clinton Foundation, which was a huge money laundering slush fund that they never got arrested or uh, criminally prosecuted for. So 
he was involved. Um, we know that he was involved in another kind of a Ponzi scheme that another one of his associates went to jail for, and Epstein never really went to jail. And one of the reasons they think that he was able to skirt kind of laws that he was also an informant for the FBI because Mueller said so. Mueller said so back in 2009 that he was, I think he was in writing that he said so. So there's all kinds of problems with Epstein that, uh, you know, we'll never know money laundering, all kinds of things that he was, that he could have easily have been involved in. Definitely. Uh, now, as far as the, the occult stuff with all of this, um, there, there's a lot of people today that don't believe uh, child sex abuse and Satanism have anything in common because of the, the so-called satanic pan panic decades ago. Uh, what can you tell us about that case and how has it been misrepresented? Well, the Epstein case clearly in involved uh, some of the elements. Of, there's no known aspect from any woman's testimony that there was overt kind of occultism, like I mentioned. Um, Virginia Giuffre talked about the God Pan representation of the devil. Uh, you know, they talked, there was actually, they found one of the people found a black cloak in Elaine Maxwell's closet, like something eyes wide shut type stuff. Uh, but and then, you know, and there was also this weird temple that I'm pretty sure there was a statue of Horus mm -hmm. that one time that was on the top of that temple that is in a kind of Egyptian motif, and there's all kinds of strange berms and signs on that island. So the totality of what was going on there uh, may not be known. I mean, they're hanging out with people like Kevin Spacey, who's heavily, I mean, I would say, in my opinion, heavily involved in the occult and friends with the Clintons. Um, so there's a, there's a network of very underground kind of sketchy people with Jeffrey Epstein, how much so that, you know, the totality of how much he knew about the occult, I don't really know. But uh, there is definitely and definitely sex trafficking. There are some sex trafficking cases that involve the occult. If you look at the McMartin case, uh, there's more evidence that came forward that the tunnels that the kids claimed were there were existent. That just came out in an FBI release. There was the Finders case that I've done research on that involved occultism, like literally the kids witnessed the slaughter of lambs uh, that were occultism and that there was Satanism and there was all kinds of mind control. And even in the uh, McMartin case, they found in this thing that there was a paper plate with a um, pentagram on it. So there's all kinds of elements in those cases, finders, uh, there's the Fuster case. And I mean, we could jump forward through your questions, but there's also the Hosanna Church, Mm -hmm. which involved blatant Satanism, child uh, sex abuse, and uh, that was the basis for True Detective. That all took place uh, outside of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. An incre a truly incredible case that is very well uh, documented because the police investigating put these people away. So it was all independently documented, but the Satanism in that is terrible. Blacked out windows, uh, pentagrams, candles, just the worst of the worst. So uh, some of the sex abuse definitely, in my opinion, involves the cult. Not all. Not all that I know of, mm. to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, this also involves the entertainment industry. Uh, who is Ian Watkins, and what was he involved in? 
So Ian Watkins was the lead singer of a band called The Lost Prophets, which is much more famous in uh, the UK than in the United States. Uh, but that was an, a case that was a pretty very grim case that he wasn't just a mere pedophile, he was an infant rapist mm. and actually used to write messages. And they had the messages on uh, one of these that went into the court case. And he said that raping kids was mega lols, like a little L-U-L-Z. Um, so he got arrested. I mean, it was a remarkable case because he was a fairly famous guy. And uh, there is a whiff of occultism in that. I wrote about Ian Watkins in my book, Children of the Beast, because uh, Peaches Geldof, who was the daughter of Bob Geldof, kind of got into the OTO. She was talking, OTO was Aleister Crowley's, it was actually a German secret society that Aleister Crowley became the head of in 1925. It stands for Ordo Templi Orientis. But she became briefly interested, but she was a critic of Ian Watkins and seemed to know what he was up to before he got arrested. He got a life sentence, but the court cases are horrific and he literally i mean the i know that he was into the occult the totality of which i couldn't ascertain from what was there because he was already breaking the law but it was a kind of a sex trafficking he was engaged in unspeakable abominations where he would talk to women who were pregnant and try to entice them to have him spend time with their kids so he was a devil, a real monster, and that's a real case. That's another documented case that you can read if you can stomach it. You can read the court files. So Ian Watkins is uh, incredible, and there's a tie. It's kind. Of, I would. I don't know if he ever got arrested for sex trafficking. He got arrested for sex abuse, but it's kind of like a trafficking because he was seeking out um, victims. Mm. Yeah. So Ian Watkins, a true nightmare case, and Peaches Geldof. Unfortunately, she had like an OTO tattoo and uh, she died of a heroin overdose. So, you know, everything that touches this kind of a cult, just they, they meet uh, and as often meet an end that is terrible, terrible end. Yeah, definitely. It's it's crazy to hear about that because I remember that band in high school. They they had like one or two singles and then they kind of faded out. But but I I actually remember when when uh, when they came out. It's crazy. See, I've never heard of them, but I, I've talked to people in the UK and they know of uh, the Lost Prophets. Most people do. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now, famed uh, filmmaker Stanley Kubrick was also involved in the occult and pedophilia. Can you tell us some of the background on him and how he was connected? Well, he he was notorious for filming and directing the film Lolita, which was based on the Nabokov book Lolita, which is scandalous at that time, which is about the relationship of a man with an underage girl. And that came out, well, there's been reports that he was abusing some, one of the lead actresses on the set. It uh, hasn't been verified, but I have a pretty, you know, the credible source has claimed that he abused them and also abused other children. So... And it's weird, too, because he was involved in the film 2001, A Space Odyssey, with Arthur C. Clarke, who was also a sex abuser of little boys or underage boys in Sri Lanka. Ceylon was the new place because he moved there in a ping pong establishment, which ties into Comet Ping Pong. But it's weird. And that ping pong motif was actually in Lolita. There is a scene of the two kind of main characters playing ping pong. So uh, Kubrick himself, and you can go through the kind of list of his films, but 2001 was definitely an occult film. 
And the key to 2001 and the mystery of the monolith is actually in Clark's book. So what happened is Clark wrote the book and they were supposed to come. Uh, they were Kubrick actually pulled a fast one on Clark because he, when the books was supposed to come out concurrently with the film and Kubrick would not give the release because he was part of the book to Clark. So the film came out, but the book didn't at the same time. The book came out later. But inside the book, you can read and you can see the numerology, the occult numerology that I've covered a lot of in my books or, uh, you know, occult Hollywood, which is kind of my film. But it's an 11. It's basically 11 feet tall. It has the dimensions of 93 and it's one foot wide. So 93 is Aleister Crowley's number. I don't think it's a coincidence. And uh, so you have these two guys who were kind of illuminated super geniuses but not tied to anything pertaining to the Christian ethos. They really are both occultists. And the occultism pervades Clark as well, but also involved in uh, what seems to be involved in pedophilia. And you can see that same motif through uh, the final film of Stanley Kubrick, which is Eyes Wide Shut, right? Eyes Wide Shut, which is based on a book called Traum Novel, which was written... uh, by, oh gosh, what's his name? But it's interesting because the guy who wrote Traum Novell uh, was in a magazine with Aleister Crowley, The Fatherland. So there's actually interesting ties in between these two. The Crowley is clearly a pedophile and the writer of Traum Novell, which is Dream Story, which is the basis for Eyes Wide Shut. So Eyes Wide Shut follows the path of this guy through um, an evening where he gets drawn into basically a sex magic ritual that takes place at a uh, takes place at a mansion involving eleven servitors. So the eleven number pops up again, and then um, one of the the terrible aspects of it is at the very end, their child goes off with people who attended these parties with a guy by the name of Ziegler, which translates to bricklayer which translates to Mason. Uh, so you can tell, and there's all kinds of occult uh, ties in that. So you can see the spiral staircase they go up. Uh, Ziegler clearly has insignias for, um, not, not the Illuminati, but for one of these uh, early secret society groups on his doorways. And you can see the mind control that goes on through that. It's a very deep, excuse me, it's a very deep film and also uh, shows how the deep understanding of the occult that Kubrick had Mm. at the very end. Sorry, I didn't get to finish that, but at the very end, their daughter goes off with these two young guys and it just, it just has that element of pedophilia. So, um, you can see that in Kubrick's life and in his films. And there's something tying in between the occultism and this, uh, this ability to just disregard, uh, moral and human norms. Yeah, yeah, and he's he even today he still has a huge fan base, which is in, insane. Now this isn't only in in America, but throughout the world. What can you tell us about the Kidwelly sex cult? So the Kidwelly in, in my in my book, I titled that uh, section of my book the Crowley Cult in Britain, Britain, because it was heavily involved in the occult. I mean, the guy read from the book Crowley's Book of the Law which was supposedly dictated to him by a being called 
Awas in Egypt in 1904 that he later revealed to be Satan. He, Awas was just a code name for the devil, which he admits so much in his writings, which I can quote in detail. But uh, the Crowley Colton uh the girl was abused by the age of seven by Colin Bately. He was the head leader. He had no teeth. He's a very scary guy. She wrote a book called The Devil on the Doorstep, My Escape from a Satanic Sex Cult. And uh, she was trafficked, too. So you see the sex trafficking and occultism. And they literally had rituals. They were – that cult had all kinds of – I mean, he had kind of a – Colin Bately had kind of a terrifying control over these women that were around him. And I think that he wasn't the only one convicted. There were two other women with him who were convicted. So they were criminals, um, criminally prosecuted and tried and convicted. But uh, she was a prostitute. She estimated she slept with 1,800 men. I mean, that's just an incredible. She had a child she didn't know the parent of. Um, it just goes on and on. He, he, he indoctrinated her with all kinds of weird phraseology and ideas. Um, he quoted Crowley. He says, every man and woman is a star, which is a direct quote from the book of the law. Um, so he used to say all this stuff that was really like he, he knew, talked about the abyss, the palace, all the stuff that Crowley would, would use. He named his two Rottweilers, Tutankhamun and Seket from uh, Egypt, you know, the Egypt pantheon um referred to them as satan's own canines the the cult just went on and on there's tons of information so uh they had tattoos they the, the all the members of his group had tattoos of an ank and the eye of horus and they wore upside crosses around their neck they were told not to talk with people outside of the group um and uh he said he said to her this bailey guy said you have to pass certain tests just as it is written in the book of the law. So it just uh, it's just really grim material. But you can go into detail about that. But uh, clearly influenced by Crowley and had the sex trafficking and just pure occultism, like not even adulterated, really Crowley focused adult uh, occultism. Mm -hmm. All right, hope you've enjoyed that. If you want the rest of the interview, you got to go be a member. Go become a member at dailyrenegade.com. Be a member today. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. I suggest getting the $100 a year because you, you get two months for free, which is a great deal. And you only got to pay for it once. You don't have to think about it again for a while. So go become a member. Go in the member section and find the video. You'll be able to check out part two of my pre-interview with William Ramsey. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Until next time, take care. God bless.